Thank you for downloading the Solomon Staircase Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the July-August 2018 California Freemason Magazine, and the theme for the magazine that month was Fatherhood and Freemasonry. So this is the main article, written by Laura Bennis and Thomas G. Pfiffer, for the men who pass on the fraternity story and those who carry it forward, Fatherhood and Freemasonry. This story begins in the 1930s in Laramie, Wyoming one of those big-sky western towns that belong in a John Wayne movie. Delmer and Edna Kettlehut raised their daughter here. Delmer Kettlehut was a Mason, and he and the family were involved in just about every fraternal order they could join. He ran an electrical shop where he saw a steady stream of busted motors, alternators, starters, and other parts of automobiles that had limped into town and then quit working. Whether or not he knew the stranded travelers, and whether or not they had the money, Kettle Hut would see to it they got back on the road safely. Baskets of corn and produce often found their way to the Kettle Hut's doorstep from farmers repaying his kindness. Then the Kettle Hut's daughter Karen met and married a young man named Billy Mills. Mills admired his father-in-law's ways and the fraternity that seemed to play such a big part in the Kettle Hut family. Delmer was of the belief that a man's handshake is more important than any piece of paper because his reputation is something to be valued. That's how he talked, Mills said. Billy and Karen Mills moved to Colorado and started a family. Mills became a father, and then, following his father-in-law's example, he became a mason. The men who lead the way. Fathers are, in a sense, where every story begins. They are the prologue. Every life starts with one. For that matter, so do ideas, fields of study, and countries. See, Galileo, the father of our modern science. Chaucer, the father of English literature. Washington, Franklin, and the other founding fathers of America. But the ideal father is more than a beginning. He is an active force in our growth, from infancy to old age. From Greek mythology to classic literature to the Bible, the father archetype at his best represents wisdom, discipline, and unconditional love. Like Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, he doles out lessons in tolerance and compassion with a gentle dose of porch swing philosophy. This isn't limited to biological fathers. Studies show that children with involved father figures are also less likely to get in trouble with the law, tend to do better in school, and are more likely to hold a job. Father figures can be older friends, teachers, coaches, professional mentors, spiritual advisors, anyone who takes a sincere interest and is willing to share his time. In other words, whether actual, surrogate, or symbolic, fathers play a powerful role in our development. They're vital in Freemasonry, too. In many ways, the whole fraternity lives and dies on father figures. 
The apprentice-master relationship hinges upon it, just as a son looks to his father to help him navigate the path to manhood, a new mason turns to more experienced brothers in his lodge, the father figures, in all the different ways they can look, to teach him about the fraternity and help him grow into the best version of himself. When someday he finds that he can do the same for someone else, it's a sign they've all succeeded. Every summer, Billy and Karen Mills packed up the kids and headed back to Wyoming to visit the grandparents. Their son, Kendall, watched his grandfather in awe and the masons that filtered in and out of the house all summer. Someday he decided he would become a mason too. But by the time Kendall Mills reached the age to apply, then 21, he was on his way to marrying his high school sweetheart, and soon after that they were on their way to having four kids in three years. A daughter, then triplets. Even the doctor was stunned. Billy Mills hadn't been active in the fraternity since his Colorado Lodge either. Work had moved the family from state to state until they settled in San Jose, California, and he hadn't yet affiliated with the local lodge. For both father and son, the tide might have swept masonry out of reach for a while. Luckily, it didn't get the chance because the next generation took a stand and turned it right back around. Kendall Mills' kids, three girls and one son, got involved in the Masonic Youth Orders. The age requirement for Job's daughters was lower, so the girls went first. The only boy, Keenan Mills, one of the triplets, waited impatiently to join DeMolay. By the time he started attending meetings at age 12, he wanted his father to sit in. At the time, only Master Masons were allowed. Overwhelmed with work and family, Kendall Mills worried he didn't have time for masonry. He told his son he'd have to wait a bit. As he recalls it, his son's response was, Like, until I'm done with DeMolay? After I pulled the stake out of my heart, Kendall Mills laughs, I agreed I'd look into masonry. Now I wish I did it sooner. I needed the push. He decided to apply to Friendship Lodge No. 210 in San Jose, where the other Youth Order dads were members. Then, in a sort of son-to-father domino effect, he turned around and urged his own dad to affiliate so that they could be part of the lodge together. It turned out that Billy Mills was ready for a push, too. He joined Friendship Lodge in time to be part of his son's degrees. He became active again in masonry. Scripting each good man. This is part of the power of father-son relationships. They motivate both sides to be their best. The father tries to be the best version of himself for his son so that he can protect and prepare him for the world. The son tries to be the best version of himself for his father so that he can grow to fill his shoes. As young Keenan Mills was growing up within Demolay, his father and grandfather became actively involved in Friendship Lodge. Billy Mills joined Lodge leadership in 2002 as senior steward, and Kendall Mills wound up in the junior steward's chair right behind him. For seven years, father and son went up the line together. They spent hours practicing ritual together, often in Billy Mills' computer room, with the door closed and a Masonic Bible and English dictionary at hand. That was quality time together, Kendall Mills recalls. Talking about why they used this word, what about the deeper meaning, how can we use that in our lives? Before masonry, we'd always bonded over sports. The conversations were more along the lines of, what kind of trades do the warriors need to make? Then masonry came in the door. Some fathers spend time having conversations about what it means to be a good man. For others, it's a quiet process of teaching by example. The Mills men had been leading by example for years, deeply invested in giving back to the community and living upright and moral lives. But when masonry entered the picture, they gained a way of speaking directly about those values. 
For more than 300 years, Masonry has served as a structure for passing down a moral code from generation to generation and a framework that informs each member's role in society. It's a script, in many ways, for the conversations a father might have with his son. In the short term, this brings order and direction to the younger man's life. In the long term, it prepares him to be a contributing member of society and eventually to take the elder's place. Without this chain from one generation to the next, important traditions would be lost. In a family, that could be a language, a code of values, a knowledge of family history, or a special recipe. Or it could be a tradition of Freemasonry. By the time Billy Mills took his chair in the East as master and Kendall Mills took his in the West as senior warden, father and son had spent seven years studying ritual together. That December, in the final month of Billy Mills' term, young Keenan, then 20, submitted an application to the lodge. All three generations were going to be Masons. A few weeks later, when Billy Mills went out as master, he installed his son to take his place. Leaders of the Modern World For all the symbols in Freemasonry, few allude to fathers and sons, at least overtly. Perhaps the Mills men are symbols enough. They symbolize the succession plan for Freemasonry. A new generation enters the lodge, and with the help of more experienced brothers, begin their education. Eventually, they come to share in the responsibility of articulating and demonstrating that education to the next generation. They also symbolize the special bond between all the fathers and sons of the lodge, those who are related by blood and those who aren't. The mentor-mentee relationship that men discover in masonry represents this father-son bond at its best. Brothers pass on the principles they've been taught to help new members become better fathers, better leaders, and better men. By acting in a fatherly way towards both lodge and community members in need, Masons create a virtuous circle as those who have been given to learn to give back. Matthew Sebastian is a young Mason who currently has no children, but this does not prevent him from playing a fatherly role in the lives of other men. To him, one of the most interesting aspects of Masonry is recognizing that brothers come to Masonry from many life experiences. It's the fraternity's role to meet each man where he is, he says, in order to shape him into the best man he can be. A lot of guys come in who haven't had a great male presence in their life, Sebastian says. As members, we hold each other accountable, building each other up when we're down, calling each other out when we're wrong, and providing a badly needed support system for men that we don't get anywhere else. It all comes back to the foundational relationships, as mentor and mentee, and also as brothers, that we're forming with each other. There's nothing I would trade for these supportive relationships. They sustain me. And together, they are sustaining masonry. In 2016, Sebastian helped form a new lodge, Semper Virens No. 860 in San Francisco. Soon after, he took a job as a new lodge development consultant at the Grand Lodge of California. In this position, he shepherds members through the steps of the lodge development process in communities underserved by masonry. As new lodges take seed throughout the state, a new generation of Masons is stepping forward to lead. They'll instill new brothers with a solid set of values for their communities and groom them as mentors for the next chapter of the fraternity. They're an example of an expanded definition of fatherhood, one that extends beyond raising one's own children and encompasses raising men to be leaders in the modern world. Young Keenan Mills had been a master mason for barely a year when he joined the officer line of Friendship Lodge, following in the footsteps of his father and grandfather. He went to his grandfather for help with the ritual, just as his father had. They met in the same computer room in Billy Mills' house. They referenced the same Masonic Bible and dictionaries. The ritual lessons wove between their households. 
After a coaching session, Keenan Mills would often head home to debrief with his father, comparing experiences, asking if Grandpa had quizzed his father on this word or that. Billy Mills is a private, composed man, not prone to extemporaneous speeches about his emotions. He makes an exception for this subject. That was special, coaching both my son and my grandson, he says very carefully. Those were very, very special moments together over a number of years. A bond was created that was unlike any other. He pauses, then adds in the same feeling tone, there's no way to describe what masonry has done for this family in our lifetime. In December 2014, Keenan Mills became master of Friendship Lodge at age 27, the youngest in Lodge history and the Lodge's first third-generation master. It became his turn to lead the Lodge forward. His father and grandfather both played a part in his installation. Sustaining Fathers, Lifting Sons There is, in fact, one Masonic symbol that speaks directly to fathers and sons. In speculative Freemasonry, a son of a Mason is called a Lewis. Billy Mills, who serves as Friendship Lodge's historian, has researched the origin of the symbol and culled through Lodge archives to determine the number of Lewises in Lodge history. He found 60 father-son pairs and only two other three-generation families. The Mills are the only members to have all three generations serve as master. When Keenan Mills became a Mason, Billy Mills presented his son and grandson with special Lewis lapel pins. In the days of operative masonry, the Lewis was a metal clamp that made it possible for stonemasons to support and lift very heavy stones into place. As a symbol, it denotes strength and the duty of a mason's son to bear the heavy burden in the heat of the day and help his aged parents in time of need. In other words, Billy Mills says, the strength of a mason is through his son. It's proven true in his family. It was the young Keenan Mills who persuaded his father to take the leap into masonry. Today, Kendall Mills is chairman of the fraternity's public schools advisory council in the South Bay, a representative of the Youth Orders Committee, a past inspector, and past junior grand steward, to name a few distinctions. Kendall Mills, in turn, urged his father to become active again. Now Billy Mills is a constant presence at activities. When his son's public schools advisory council meets students for the Investment in Success scholarship, he is one of the interviewers. On weekend mornings, when the lodge serves breakfast at the local homeless shelter, all three generations of Mills men are on the egg line. They're together at other service events year-round, along with spouses, siblings, and the next generation of the family. The youngest is Keenan Mills' niece, who is 10 months, and recently attended her first Masons for Mids fundraising. Through years of studying the ritual, coming up the line together, and serving side-by-side in the community, all three generations have pulled each other more tightly to Masonry. But, like the Lewis symbol, a great deal of strength has always come from the son, from the promise of that next generation, and from each father's commitment to be the very best for him. In this sense, the strength of masonry will always depend upon the next generation. The fraternity survives on brothers who embrace their responsibility to prepare a new line to replace them. When their work is done, the next brothers step up to take their place, using all they've learned to fulfill their promise to the next. One after another, they'll take the prologue of their fathers and carry the story on. And then there's an editor's note. Thomas G. Pfiffer is an author, speaker, and storyteller. He is executive editor of The Good Men Project, an online community of thought leaders who explore modern masculinity. The Second Family 
Fathers to Masonic Youth by Laura Bennis. An old pickup winds its way through the sleeping streets of Orange County. It is 2 a.m. Tackle boxes and fishing poles rattle in the truck bed. H. Frank Gillespie is at the wheel. Another brother, often Mark F. Patton, the master of Golden Trowel Norwalk Lodge Number 273, is beside him. Three young members of Demolay, Job's Daughters, or Rainbow for Girls nap in the back seat. Other vehicles follow, packed with adult advisors and more Masonic youth. They are headed to a mountain lake where they'll set up a camp, or the ocean where they'll board a boat. They'll cast their lines by 6 a.m. For many of the kids, it'll be their first time fishing. This is one of the traditions Gillespie has passed on to countless Masonic youth during his years as an adult advisor locally and as a Grand Lodge youth representative for California. As the early morning wake-up might suggest, he is tireless. During his eight years of Grand Lodge service, traveling to all the state's chapters, Bethels, and assemblies, he wasn't home but one night a week. Today, he helps lead youth support at Golden Trowel Norwalk Lodge. The kids call him Papa. It's so important for these kids to have the lodge involved, to know that somebody's there, he says. I will always be with them as long as I can. Our lodge is a family, and we stick with our kids. Investing in the Future In 1996, psychologist Michael Gurian introduced the idea that three families are needed to raise a child to be a happy, successful adult. First, the nuclear family. Second, an extended family of adult mentors. Third, the surrounding community. For the Excelsior chapter of Demolay, the Buena Park Assembly of Rainbow Girls, and the Norwalk Bethel of Job's Daughters, the second family is Golden Trowel Norwalk Lodge. The brothers make time for simple togetherness, from Gillespie's fishing trips to family game nights to bringing a busload of youth to Dodger Stadium for Mason's Night. They provide financial support so the youth can attend leadership conferences and meet fundraising goals. The youth serve and occasionally cook at stated meeting dinners, providing a chance for brothers to catch up with them. Youth play key roles in lodge installations and special events. When lodge officers visit youth meetings, they'll often pair off with the youth to shadow their ritual movements. At one favorite event, Demolay kick off the evening with an opening march, followed by the lodge officers who take up places next to them. Each brother places his officer's jewel on the young man beside him. Together, these efforts build trust and give steady examples of Masonic values and practice. The youth come to understand that they have a network of adults who they can look up to as role models and who are looking out for them. As Gillespie says, kids need guidance. Having all these people around them teaches them what to do and how to act as they grow up. The Lodge also supports the youth's academic success through a grade incentive program. Masterminded and led by David Swanston III, each semester the local Masonic youth, from middle school through two years of college or trade school, turn in report cards to the Lodge. They're rewarded with a monetary gift based on their grades, with substantial increases for higher marks. When Swanston presents the incentive awards, what he hopes they'll take away is this. We see you. You're important. You're going to do great things, and we want to help. Growing Together But not only the kids get a second family. At the June stated meeting for Golden Trowel Norwalk Lodge, the Job's daughters read a poem titled My Father Was a Mason, dedicated to all the brothers in honor of Father's Day. Every year, the Lodge families receive postcards, visits, and phone calls from youth who have grown, moved away, and started their own families. We all walk around like peacocks for our kids, Gillespie says. We've seen every avenue of their lives. We have seen our children grow. Fathers of the Fold, Uniting Faith, Fatherhood, and Fraternity 
by Anton R.E. Perucci. A rabbi, a priest, and a minister walk into a bar. Or so the old jokes go. The premise of the humor, of course, is that three men from different faiths will naturally have different perspectives of a situation, and that hilarity will ensue from their discord. Freemasonry, however, makes no such assumptions of its members. United by their fraternity, Masons of many faiths build lasting friendships that deepen their understanding of diverse perspectives. The Cantor I see the two values, those of my faith and those of Masonry, as very similar, says Michael Anatole, a member of Channel Islands Lodge number 214. Anatole has been a Master Mason for four years. For the past four decades, he served as a cantor of Temple Beth Torah in Ventura, California. Today, he sees the two experiences as parallel paths. It's all about being better and doing better, he says. Anatole is far from alone in this discovery. In a fraternity where faith is a prerequisite to membership, it should come as a no surprise that a number of California Masons wear the vestments of a religious office. Faith leaders in particular find common ground in many of the fraternity's values, including uprightness, love, and philanthropy. At the intersection of faith and Freemasonry, one shared value in particular repeatedly rises to the surface, the virtues of fatherhood. Perhaps without realizing it, Anatole was in search of male role models. He found one in past Grandmaster Russell E. Charvonia, president of his synagogue and his law partner. I had known Russ for a number of years, Anatole says. To me, he just epitomized the characteristics of a good man, in all ways. Thinking there had to be something to Freemasonry if his mentor was involved, Anatole decided to petition for membership. Today I can say with certainty that Russell is entirely a product of the fraternity, he says. This experience likely sounds familiar to many Masons. After all, many men seek the fraternity for the same reasons, and most have benefited from Masonic role models. But the journey is a bit different for men who are faith leaders. In addition to their own moral responsibility, they are responsible for the spiritual well-being of those in their faith communities. The Priest Later this year, the bishop will install Steve DeMuth, also known as Father Steve, in his new position as the 18th rector of the Holy Trinity Episcopal Church in Covina, California. DeMuth is a master mason at Destiny Lodge number 856, which meets on the campus of the Masonic home at Covina. He's also an Episcopal priest and a non-denominational chaplain for the Covina Masonic home and his lodge. It was the virtues of Freemasonry and desire for male mentorship that first attracted DeMuth to the fraternity. I had my dad, but a lot of the male relatives in my family died young, he says. There was a part of me that yearned for more companionship, that life experience, and guidance. Today, he knows where to turn for inspiration when the going gets tough. I have numerous brothers whom I look to in masonry who teach me what it means to be a better person, he says. I strive to live up to the examples I've seen and experienced. The Minister Ernest Ernie Reyes has found similar strength in his Masonic experience. When I first joined, Reyes says, I was amazed at these wonderful guys, the good work they were doing, and how they lived the Masonic value of brotherly love. More than 15 years later, when he was ordained a minister in the United Church of Christ, he felt confident in his role as shepherd to his flock, in part because of his time in the fraternity. Today, he needs that confidence more than ever. Every weekend for the past three years, pastoral care has taken Reyes 270 miles from his home in Los Angeles to a community in Las Vegas. It's difficult to be away from his family every weekend, but he focuses on emulating his Masonic mentors. 
I do this not just for the community in Las Vegas and for God, but to be a role model to my children, he says. It's part of living the values of Freemasonry that have been nurtured in me over the years by my brothers. We give of ourselves to serve others. Creators of Harmony When spiritual obligations and Freemasonry intersect, religious leaders aren't the only ones to walk away better men. In his role as Lodge Chaplain, DeMuth often finds himself proffering the same sort of advice and care that he ordinarily does in his day job at the church. As an example, when DeMuth learned that an elder member who hadn't spoken to his brother in decades desperately wanted to reconnect with his family, he took it upon himself to facilitate their reunion. It was a beautiful and deeply rewarding experience, he says. Reyes had similar experiences when he served as his Lodge's chaplain. Being deeply involved in his brother's lives on social and spiritual levels offered great meaning. Whether it was the death of a loved one or the birth of a grandchild, it was an honor to be there to offer counseling to my brothers when they needed it, he says. In the end, the benefits that faith leaders receive from their Masonic role models are given back to the fraternity in equal measures. The relationship between the two forms of giving and sharing wisdom is symbiotic. And why shouldn't it be? After all, in their shared exhortation to do good work in the world, religions of all sorts and masonry sing the same tune. For masons cum faith leaders, the tune is an especially sweet one. To me, Freemasonry and my role as a priest work well together, DeMuth says, echoing Anatole's sentiment, in some wonderful metascale contexture there's a harmony to all aspects of my life. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.